This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. We're momming today with Reshma Sajani, author of the new Pay Up, The Future of Women and Work. About Reshma, I think what women want. Do we know what we want? (laughs) I think we want help. That's what we definitely want right now. We don't know how to ask for it, or at least I don't. No, we're horrible at asking for it because we've been taught to kind of be martyrs a little bit and that, you know, motherhood's a choice in particular. And we're always used to giving ourselves to everything, our, our, our husbands, our kids, you know, our parents, all of it. I go a step further. I, I'm bad at um, asking people to do things because then I just complain to myself about the way they do them and have to redo them. So I just, you know, I make myself that martyr and just do it all because it's yep. easier in the end. Yep. I mean, I was laughing. We went on a girl's trip uh, and all of them had literally like packed the food, made the schedule, organized the play dates. And I'm like, you really need a girl's trip from your girl's trip because you spent <laughs> your girl's trip basically planning for your husband. And it's not like our partners or our nannies or who, whatever. It's not like other adults can't do this. I mean, no. they can. They do. I mean, when I've like missed a couple of beats, everybody survives perfectly fine yeah. without me, which is disappointing yeah, nope. sometimes. <laughs> You're like, can't, don't I mean anything? No, it's true. It's true. But that's just the other thing, right? I write about and pay up. It's like, we, there's a little bit of pride. I know like when we're, we're going somewhere and I've, of course, pack all the things. My husband just kind of walks to the car with his little bag and we get in there and he invariably is like, you know, did you pack froggy? And I look, look at him with that look and I'm like, of course I did. You know, while I'm like blowing off the smoke on my nails, like there's some pride that we take. And we have from being able to manage it all. But I think what we've learned, though, is that, you know, having it all is just a euphemism for doing it all. And doing it all, especially coming off the pandemic, has just been exhausting. Exhausting. So, and women are in crisis. So women can have it all if they, if they don't sleep is essentially the message. I think women can never have it all. You know, I think that whole thing is I don't I don't even know what that means. I mean, I think women can have it all if we want to be in a mental health crisis. I mean, right now, 51 percent of mothers say they're anxious or depressed. Moms never break. You know, I was being interviewed by the CEO the other day and we were talking about the statistics and the state of women's mental health, of mothers' mental health. And he said to me, you know, you know, I've never seen my mom break. You know, even when my father died, she never cried. But if you think about the working mothers you know in your life right now, they're they're at the end of the rope. And so there's something about this moment that I think so many working moms are just calling out for help. And I think it's again, you know, this exam this like, you know, evidence that we have to fix the structure. What does society do about the call for help, whether it's loud or whether it's silent? Yeah, I mean they have well first I think for working women, we've been, you know, doing two and a half jobs. And, you know, this is why we still have millions of women missing from the labor force today. You know, one out of three women are considering leaving their jobs. You know, as we talked about, our mental health is just literally in the toilet. 
And, you know, COVID really, you know, blew the doors off of these problems, but they've been existing for decades. And so in the moment, though, of the great resignation and these 11 million jobs that are open and it literally being a seller's market, we have the opportunity to not go back to the broken system, right? And to to fight for something different. And I think that that means fighting for support to be able to be a mom and an employee and not have to feel like you're sacrificing one or the other. Does that mean parents loudly when you are working, when you are physically at work, when you're with your boss to say, hey, I have to leave at this time because I'm picking up my kids for school? Absolutely. It means parenting out loud. It means not hiding your pregnancy to the last possible second, right? Because we're afraid that we're going to be discriminated against. You know, it means asking for what you need. You know, what's so interesting is we know that it's not the care work, right? When dads are like, I got to go, I got to take Joey to a soccer game. We're like, oh my God, you're an amazing dad, you know, totally cool. But when moms do it, there's an eye roll or we are afraid that there's going to be an eye roll. So we put like networking lunch, right? Instead of saying that we have to go to our kids' doctor's appointment. So we don't, we have to, you know, or when we're doing a meeting on Zoom and invariably our kid like, you know, basically jumps in, we turn the video off real quickly. And so now it's like, we got a parent out loud, which is essentially like, we have children. We're not going to hide it. I'm a mom. It is the most important identity that I have. And so I'm going to ask for support to be a mom in the way that I want to be a mom. Look, I, um, you know, it took me years to have my first child, Sean, because uh, of fertility issues and I had autoimmune issues. And when I finally had him, I was building Girls Who Code and I missed everything because I was like on two planes every week. I didn't see him crawl. I didn't see him walk. I didn't see his first words. I missed everything. And when I looked at myself in the mirror every day, I'd say, this is the price that you have to pay for changing the world. And we can't ask working women to look in the mirror and say that to themselves and to miss out of the the experiences their children are having, because that's not the kind of society that we want to live in. You know, I want to live in a society that values family values. I want to live in, you know, work for, you know, a company that's going to value the fact that it is important for me to be a good mom you know, and to take care of my kids and that I shouldn't have to choose between my job and my child. Rashma, do you, do you regret that you missed those moments? Would you have been able to develop and write Girls Who Code if you had been able to see Sean walk and say his first words and and do all those things? I do regret it because I bought into this hustle culture. I bought into like, I had to lean in really hard, girl boss my way to the top that I just had to work harder, work harder, work harder. And then we could get to equality. And I was wrong. You know, it was it was always about the fact that like, I had been trying to balance motherhood and by balancing motherhood, I was just missing motherhood. So would I do it differently now? Yes. And I am doing it differently now. You know, such a blessing you know, um, that I had my second son actually in COVID because I didn't get to miss anything. I did everything. And now, I mean, I did his bath time, I fed him his meals, I'm like, I am here. And I am building my second movement. You know, I'm writing this book, Pay Up. Uh, And I am not doing it the way that I was doing it before. And I'm in many ways solving a bigger problem, right? I I wanna talk about that second movement when we're mommy today, returns right after this. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care 
a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Back on We're Momming Today with Reshma Sojani about her new book, Pay Up. Uh, what exactly is this movement? I'm assuming it um, it builds on the Marshall Plan for Moms, which you developed in you know late 2020, kind of in the wake of of the pandemic. Um, how have we shifted since? Yeah, this new movement is about laying a a new future of women in work that is not just a, a, an express train to the corner office, right? It's a world where we get support from our employers, government. It's a world where we have choices that we can move in and out of the workforce without penalty, a place where we don't have to hide our motherhood, where we're free from bias, and our mental health is viewed as important as our output. And that means that we can't waste a good crisis. And we literally have a once in a lifetime opportunity to rebuild work. So like I said, fix the system, not the woman. So I'm gonna give you three things. Okay. One, I think companies have got to start subsidizing childcare. We have a childcare crisis in this country. It's unavailable, it's unaffordable. Most families spend more for their childcare than their mortgage. And that's why many women leave the workforce because it's not worth it to pay for childcare and commuting, et cetera. Every study show it's the number one reason. And what's interesting is right now companies are paying more for the turnover than it would be for them to start paying for our childcare. Hmm. And they're already paying for things. They're paying for our egg freezing, our IVF, our museum memberships. So I think it's time for companies to help us with our childcare. And I'm building a national business coalition to make that happen. Like we have a moment right now. What's the, what's the magic number? Uh, you know, like how much should childcare be like, you know, I, I'm just looking at my own experience and the different programs I've looked at for my children. And I mean, the prices are all over the place. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, you know, it's hard because look, I mean, I think the, the bill in Congress is saying that the floor should be, you should never be spending more than 7% of your, you know, of your household income. Um, and I think for companies, it's not a one size fits all test. You know, maybe some, some you know, for, for a small business, right? Subsidizing childcare is going to be really expensive. So maybe the way that you support a family is by offering flexibility, you know, and not when, when someone's got to go with three to pick up their kids, you know, you're not getting fired. And that is what's happening right now. There was a, a story I tell in my book about a woman who was working in the pizza parlor and she didn't have childcare. Actually, she was going to pay more in childcare than going and doing her shift. So she left her kids at the hotel room and then she got put in jail for endangerment. So, so many working mothers right now, working parents have to make unconscionable choices because of the cost of, of childcare. And it's gone up. You've seen all those studies, right? That, you know, now it's like the cost of childcare has increased by 50, 60, 70% in most cities right now. So it wasn't affordable before and now it's really not affordable. God, okay. After childcare, what is the second of three things that companies can do right now? We have to incentivize men to take paternity leave. Yeah. You know, it's not enough to offer it, but it means mandating it, tying it to performance reviews. You know, I know a lot of dads, they want to take their kids to school. They want to have a deeper role in their life. I mean, you literally live longer, less heart attacks. And so let's create a culture of work where we allow everybody to parent. And so, you know, mandating paid leave, you know, that first negotiation that you have as a couple when a baby is born and who's, you know, who's doing what is critical. 
So and it's going to lead to more equality at home. You, we did a podcast a while ago, and you, and you said that mandate paternity leave. So I ran it by a couple of my friends. Yeah. And they all stopped for a second, and they looked at me, and I said, no, 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 l- let me explain. Because if your husband is home, he knows how to do everything that you do. He, like, he knows the schedule. So when a parent has to be home for whatever reason, yeah, dad can do it too. It's not always mom that has to make all the, yeah. uh, you know, the sacrifices over here. And it also equates the playing field in the workplace when it's, yeah. you know, time for, you know, merit-based whatever. And they and, said, oh, yeah, you're what? right. Yeah. And guess what? You get to then go to a girl's dinner and not get text every minute about where <laughs> the stuff is. Yeah. And there's that. That's the thing. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. It's like it allows, that's how it creates balance because it really allows to more kind of 50 50 sharing in the domestic household work because they know where the stuff is. Um, And so you're able to let go too. And look, I think that, you know, the third thing I talk about in pay up is mental health. You know, the CDC released a report and they said the two subgroups that are the most at risk post pandemic are 19 to 24 year olds and moms. Yeah. Yep. And moms. And we are burnt out. We've been through trauma. Our kids have been through trauma. And if we're finally coming to work, we're coming back broken. And so we got to have our employers, you know, support our mental health in this moment. Uh, If not, we're just going to turn and walk back out the door again. And that's what's happening. The great resignation or the great quit is being driven actually by women. And they're now they're quitting and then they're quitting again. Because it goes back to the first thing you said about how do we ask for what we need? And what we need is support with our mental health. And if you're not going to give it to me, instead of quitting and going and finding another place that may not give it to you, how do we figure out how to ask for it? To go back to what you said um, a few moments ago, you said there's no express train to the corner office. And uh, that hit me. I was like, well, I want there to be. I want to get there pretty fast. But can you also make the argument that in this new way of thinking about how how moms and dads are are workers and family members and and raise children together that you might be happier at work but you ain't getting to the corner office because let's face it you just don't have the i don't know what the verb is here the ability the desire to put in the time that you need and 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 correct me if i'm wrong because i just you know if you want to be the ceo of a company you can't really take off Right. You got to cut corners. And those corners are are, you you have this ecosystem and you have people help you at home because you need to answer to the the needs of of the business. Yeah. And but I think the thing is, is, though, that that person was normally a man who was a CEO and the woman staying at home. Right. Seventy percent of CEOs have a stay at home partner. So I think the question is, is what if we lived in a society where, I don't know, Norway, Canada, right, where you actually had more 50-50 in the domestic work, uh, in addition to maybe having that support. I actually think once we get there, we might then have get the corner express train to the corner office. What's nice. not going <laughs> to Yeah, what's not going to get us the corner express train is just taking more leadership courses or, you know, leaning in more color coding our calendar because I think part of the thing that made us feel crazy is that because we never acknowledged that we were doing this full-time thing at home and we never called that work. When we were at work so exhausted, you know, and it wasn't paying off, we felt like, well, that I'm just not cutting it. There's well, something wrong. And an admission for it. Like, I, I, I do feel guilty that I work and I actually come into the office every day. But 
I got to tell you, I, I can't do my job effectively at home because I have children. So yeah. the fact that working mothers are doing it from home, I don't know how they get anything done. It is easier for me to leave my house, to leave my children. I I, I hate to say it because I do more work at home and I do even more work when I'm working and working with my kids at home. Look, I'm with you. I mean, I, you know, I'm like doing this book tour. I have a two-year-old and a seven-year-old. So like somebody's always screaming. It's always bath time. There's some crisis, right? Like there's no space, like not even when I go to the bathroom. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I can't brush my teeth in peace. Right. And so imagine doing like CNN interviews and Fox interviews and you know what I mean? Like while that's happening. And so, yeah, I, I, I too would love to be able to go to the office when I want. But I also love that I can go down and snuggle my little two-year-old, you know, and, you know, give him a kiss and maybe feed him a banana and that I can smell him yeah. and taste him and he's around me. It's on your terms. Yeah. And so part of it is, is that's why it's like, it, why does it have to be one or the other? You know, this, I, why does flexibility scare us so much? And part of it is about control and about trust. And, and so I think that we have got to say that, and this is what I, the main thing I realized that I would have want, I want for women, you know, I want women to have choice. Why, if you have a kid, you should be able to stay home for a couple of years if you want to and go back and not lose 40% of your salary because you didn't lose your brain, right? Yeah. And so it's this inability for us to allow women to move in and out of the workforce without penalty is what makes us feel like we have to pick between one and the other. And I think if we had more structures in place, i.e. flexibility, taking a bit of the stress off of me in, in subsidizing some of my childcare, uh, because we know, you know, CEOs, the corporations make a lot of money. Yep. They have the resources to do that. Um, for, for shift workers or hourly workers, if you work at, in retail or at a store or in healthcare, you're a teacher, mm-hmm. you know, you have some predictability in your schedule. So women might not have the express train to the corner office, but... They have the express train to Capitol Hill. Uh, I just did an interview with Ronna McDaniel. She is the chair of the Republican National Committee. And she said that 267 females have filed to run for political office. 267. Wow. Things wow. are about to change. Yeah, because moms are pissed. <laughs> moms are pissed. About so many that. issues. About so many. Right. About so many issues. But, you know, good for them. Like, I think we need to start raising our voices. The thing, though, I want to say to moms um, on the right and the left, though, is we, you, you got to fight for you, too. Like, we, we will get up and fight to open schools. We will get up and fight against masks. We will fight against, you know, what we feel about whatever critical race theory. But we also got to get up and fight for paid leave, you know, and for affordable child care. What's with for, that? Because, I, again, I don't think that I think it's been ingrained in us that we don't get to have nice things, that we don't get support. You know, that motherhood is a choice. And so you got to figure it out all on your own. And I think that we also want to be, we're also a a country that believes in family values. I mean, it should be frightening, you know, to all of us that the birth rate is at an all-time low. People don't want to have kids. And they don't want to have kids because it's too expensive. I just don't understand why more companies can't offer or won't offer a paid parental leave. They're going to have to, because I think it's been this push and pull between government and companies. And, and to be honest, like, I think that it, it, it's it, in many ways, it's a business issue. 
Like if you want to retain talent, if you want to get more workers in the pipeline, you got to start offering, you know, benefits and childcare is really a, a major one. So is paid leave, you know, so is, you know, really thinking about flexibility or, you know, thinking about new work hours. You know, why, why are we working nine to five and why are we not working nine to three? And then you get to work from home after three, like, because it matches the school schedule. I mean, so many parents, you know, shouldn't have to pay for childcare once their kids are out of school. Right. So I, th I think that there's a way of figuring out how do we redesign this differently? And I really think it's a bipartisan issue. I think we're all on the same page that like childcare is too expensive. Moms are really burnt out. Right. Like we're exhausted. Something has to change. Yeah. When the birth rate is at an all time low. I mean, that's just yeah. inflationary in and of itself. It means you don't have workers to, to eventually, you know, meet demand for a growing worldwide <laughs> population. Exactly. So like, right. So if you're like Google. Like, you got to figure out how to get that birth rate up. It, like, literally matters for your bottom line. I know. I think so many women are scared, especially women who um, aren't financially set or women who are very career focused. They're just so scared. If they have a child, everything gets derailed for them professionally. And that's not the case anymore, at least right now. We're at the moment, as you say, where it's shifted. Well, it's interesting, though. They're not wrong either, because you know, it's so funny. Yesterday was Equal Pay Day, and the, I know the you know, and we often we had the women's soccer team go to Washington. But but equal pay, there is no real pay gap between childless women and childless men. You know, putting the soccer team aside, the pay gap exists between mothers and fathers because hmm. of the mother penalty. And so we, we're also not. We're, what is we, that pay gap? Do you, is, well, the, the entire, basically the entire, you know, the, 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 the 86 cents to, to a dollar, right? That's, that is really about the fact because when moms exit the workforce, you know, to take care of a child and they come back, they often come back at 40% less of their salary. So it just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And dads are often seen as, oh, you're a dad. You just had a kid. Let me give you a promotion. You know, you, and so the way we view, we view it that when you become a mom, now you're distracted, you have other priorities, you're less committed. And so if we just rooted out the discrimination against working moms, you'd fix the pay gap. I, you know, I couldn't agree more with everything that you just laid out. And the book is called Pay Up, The Future of Women at Work. Oh, wait, wait, I, I forgot to ask you. Um, so this is your fourth book. Uh, yeah. And you are mom at home with a young child. How, how old is Sean? Two. He is now seven, and then I just had, and now my baby's two now. So you have two young children. Okay. How did you write a book? I have no idea. <laughs> Everyone's like, are you so exhausted? Are you so excited? I'm like, no, as you can see, I'm so exhausted. I don't know because I literally wrote it in the corner of my bedroom, and um, I can't even tell you it's the hardest thing I did. Like, I feel like if I think about it too much, I'll start crying because it was, it was so hard, but I felt so desperately that I wanted to, that I was seeing so clearly the mistake we had made in corporate feminism, right? About this kind of lean in girl boss culture and that we had to start valuing motherhood. And I just, I knew that we, I wanted to not miss that moment in time where we were going to come out of the pandemic and we we're going to start to think about what workplaces should look like. And so I wrote fast. It's a quick read, you know, and it's, it's, it is like basically, you know, a framework for every woman you know, on, on what, what you need to ask for in the workplace, what happened to us. And the reception has just been incredible, like incredible. And, and it, it's doing exactly what all that blood, sweat and tears uh, needed it to do. Rashma, thank you very much for the tips, the time, for everything. Thank you.
I'm Charles Payne. Listen to my Unstoppable Prosperity podcast so I can get you making money right now. Whether stocks are hitting new all-time highs or in freefall mode, opportunities abound. So why are so many potential investors still sitting on the sidelines? In a new season of my podcast, I'm going to get you in the game. After 38 years on Wall Street, I'm ready to impart some lessons and get you invested in the greatest wealth-generating machine in history. Listen anytime, everywhere at foxbusinesspodcast.com or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.